You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. The miraculous story. And we've been looking at various miracles uh, that have been in and around the Christmas story. We looked at, uh, actually, we've looked at the miracle of hope. We've looked at the miracle of good news. Last week, we looked at the miracle of his presence. Now, all of these things, all the miracles and all the other ones that we haven't had time to talk about, about the Christmas story, there's one sort of overriding thing over everything that it, it makes a difference. It's why all of these things are possible. Like, why does God generously give us all of these miraculous things? Why does he do it? Let me tell you why. Because of his love. It's all because of his love. We have hope because of his love. We have the miracle of good news because of his love. We have his presence because of his love. God chooses to love us. Um, The verse that I wanted to just key in on today was John chapter 1, verse 14. And it says this. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. Says the phrase I want to key in on today was Jesus was full of unfailing love. The exact same words actually occur together In Exodus 34, 6, and I wanted you to see this as well. It says, the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger, and here it is, and I'm filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. So the God of the Old Testament, who was filled with unfailing love, is now revealed in Jesus, who is filled with the same love unfailing love. The son of God leaves his throne in heaven and he comes to earth as a baby. We don't have a clue what that really means and the sacrifice that he made and all that that entailed. Paul tried to capture a little bit of it when he wrote these words to the Philippians in chapter 2 verse 5 and it says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, and he was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on the cross. Jesus gave up. He gives up his divine privileges, the word says, and he humbles himself to take on human flesh to become one of us. He humbles himself in obedience and dies a criminal's death on the cross. And he does this all not for himself, but for us, you and I. Christmas is a story of miraculous love. A miraculous story of God's miraculous love. He does this for us. 
the word became human and made his home among us. So none of us deserve his love, and yet Jesus freely chooses us. He, he freely chooses to give it to us. Look at Romans verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 8. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. See, he was the one who initiated this. He knows every sin. He knows every mistake. He knows every dumb thing we've ever done. And yet he still chooses to love. Now, when you talk about God, uh, a phrase that I sometimes use, say we are fully known, but yet we are fully loved. You know, when you're meeting somebody for the first time, you're trying to make a good impression, you, you don't generally tell them all the mistakes you've ever done, all the regrets you have, all the failures. You kind of want to hide those things and hope that they like you before they start digging into your past and finding all these things out. But the amazing thing about God is we are fully known. Everything is known to him, but yet we are fully loved. It's, it's an amazing thing. You can't do anything to deserve his love, and you can't do anything to remove it. It's his. It's his love to give, and he chooses to give it to us. It's an amazing miracle, friends. The coming of Jesus is proof that God will go to any length. He'll go to great lengths to put his love into action. He wants everybody to know and he wants everybody to experience this miraculous love. So John 1.14 says that Jesus was full or, or is full of unfailing love. And I was thinking about love and all the ways that we describe love and how people say, I love this and I love that. But when the Bible says Jesus was full of unfailing love, what, what does that kind of love look like? What does it mean? And and the, the, the Bible has this great description of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I wanted to read it to you. This is the kind of love that Jesus has. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. It's a powerful description of what real love is. This is the kind of love that God has. So God is love. In fact, 1 John goes on to say God is love. It's who he is. It's it, it, it makes up who he really is. And Jesus, of course, is God in the flesh. So all the components of love can be found in the person of Jesus Christ. I wanted to go through just a few. Uh, there's too many there, obviously, to go through. But I wanted to look at just a few to see how we see these this kind of love in the life of Jesus. Then, when he came to earth, during his life on earth, and even now while he is watching over us and, and the Holy Spirit is now with us. So the first, they said uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love is patient. So 
I started thinking about Jesus and the patience that he shows all throughout the scripture. Like he's patient with his disciples, um, you know, when they struggled with their faith, when they struggled with their pride, when they, 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 they didn't get, they were slow sort of to understand the divine mission that he was on. But he, he just continued to show them patience and taught them and, and just was with them the whole time. He was patient with the crowds and with those who were in need of healing. Look at this verse in Matthew chapter 15, uh, verse 29. It says, Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and he climbed a hill and he sat down. A vast crowd, don't miss that, a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. You said it. You said it. He healed them all. A vast crowd was there. He's not in a hurry. He's patient. Bring me all your sick. Bring me all your wounded. I'm here. I'm ready. I will stay until the end, till every person is well and healed. He's, he's patient. He was also patient, wanting people to discover and to receive his love. And Peter talked about it in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says, and remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our, our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. So our Lord's patience is giving more and more people time to be saved. He wants people to be saved and he is patiently revealing himself so that more people will believe and receive. His love is real and his love does include patience. The next one, it says love is kind. Jesus showed such kindness and compassion to, uh, to everybody. I mean, you see it again and again and again and again throughout the Gospels. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. Look at this one. It says, later Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. He was kind, even to the tax collector, even to the disreputable sinner. He was kind. It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what your reputation was, what your career was, how much money you had. Jesus was kind. He was happy to spend time with anybody who wanted to spend time with him. Look at uh, Matthew 9, 36. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. See, Jesus just continued to show kindness. He, he showed kindness to the Samaritan woman at the well when, when uh, she seemed to be an outcast, but not to Jesus she wasn't. He showed kindness to the woman who was caught in adultery. She was about to be stoned, but Jesus wasn't about to do that to her. He showed kindness to Peter 
after he denied knowing Jesus three times, but yet Jesus was kind, loved him, and restored him back to faith. He asked the Father to forgive those who were responsible for crucifying him on the cross. He said, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. An unbelievable, miraculous display of love and kindness. He showed kindness to the thief on the cross, and he promised him that day paradise despite the failings that were in his life. Jesus was kind again and again. The examples go on and on. Ephesians chapter 1, I'm not going to show it to you, but Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8, it actually says that he has showered his kindness on us. And I, I just like that imagery. He showered his kindness on us. And that's true. In Titus, I'll show you one more. Titus chapter 3, it says, But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody out there said amen. That's good stuff. Yeah, somebody out here. There's a few of us here. Say amen, somebody. You know, love is kind, and Jesus has all the components of love. Another one that I want to look at briefly is in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, love does not demand its own way. Or another way to put it is, love is willing to sacrifice. That there's self-sacrifice involved with true love. Jesus never demanded his own way, ever. He demonstrated many times a willingness to give of himself, to serve others, and to not think of himself first even to the point of going to the cross. Look at Luke chapter 22, verse 42. It says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. But look what he says. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. See, ultimately, his great sacrifice, his, his love does is not demanding his own way. And so he's willing to sacrifice and he demonstrates the reality of that by going to the cross. He wasn't looking forward to the agony, to the pain, to the torture. But he said, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. It's your will, not mine. God gave up his son and sends him to earth. Why? Because he loves us. Jesus comes to earth. Why? Because he loves us. He dies on the cross, not for himself, but for us. Why? Because he loves us. It was love, not nails, that held him to the cross. He could have come off that cross and done anything he wanted to do, but he stayed there. Love kept him on the cross, love for you and me. So the Christmas message is a, a powerful, powerful message of love. He came and gave everything he had, and he thought that we were worth it. And this is the wonderful thing. We sometimes don't think we're worth it. We sometimes think other people aren't worth it. But God never thinks that. Jesus came to earth, died willingly. Love kept him on the cross. Love for you and me. He thought we were worth giving it all. The, the last one that I want to touch on is 
It also says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love never gives up. And so the truth that God loves us despite our faults, it's truly a miracle. Uh, it's, it's a love that's eternal. It's a love that doesn't go away. It's a love that never quits. And Jesus never quits loving us. And it's something that just never fades away. Even now, look, d- listen to these words. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23. It says, there were many priests under the old system. For death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Now, check that out. He is able to save completely and he's able to see it through to the end. Even now, it says he is interceding for us to the end, never giving up. He is for us, not against us, even today. And this is the miraculous story of his love. Look at this one other uh, verse that always kind of grabs me in John chapter 13, verse 1. It says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. And just don't miss this last line. And now he loved them to the very end. I just thought that that's such a cool, cool little verse. And then he bends down on his knee, gets a basin filled with water and a towel. And he shows them how much he loves them, how much he's willing to serve, how much he's willing to sacrifice. And he washes their feet. He lives forever to intercede on our behalf. Aren't you glad today that you have a great, great cheerleader who is who is singing over you, who is rejoicing over you, who is for you, not against you. And his name is Jesus. You know, he's the same, the Bible says, yesterday, today, and forever. And so that means that if he loved us yesterday, he loves us today. And he's going to love us into all of eternity. This love never gives up and never goes away. He never stops and he never quits. God's love never gives up. Come on, someone said amen. Join with me at home there. Christmas is a miraculous, true story. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I say that, but I, I mean it. It's, I know it's a, it's a song that sometimes we sing. You know, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But you know why Christmas is that, at least to believers? Because I think it gives us a taste of heaven. It really does. It gives us a taste of what's to come for those who believe and receive the message of Jesus. Like, you know how this time of year we I know I know this year is a little bit different. But even despite the uniqueness of our days, there is something special about Christmas. And I think most of us feel it. There's this there's this sense of joy. There's. There's this this spirit of generosity and celebration. Um, We see people this time of year extending themselves on behalf of others. We see 
kindness on the rise. We see consideration that we don't see that, uh, at other times of the year. Christmas seems to bring that out in a lot of us. We all enjoy the good feelings that come with Christmas time. And for me, when I'm experiencing Christmas time, I always think that it's a taste of heaven. It's a taste of what's to come. And so don't let COVID steal that from you. Don't let it steal your joy. Don't let it steal your hope. Don't let it steal the good news of Jesus and the miraculous presence of his love. He is still with us. He is a taste of heaven. He brought heaven to us, and we get a chance to rejoice in that at Christmas time. Jesus is still the savior of the world. Yes, I know that our celebrations are going to look different this year. Yeah, I know that it's going to feel a little bit different, but take heart today. He's still the soon coming king. He came the first time as a baby, but he will come again as the almighty king of kings and Lord of lords. His love never gives up, and we can encourage ourselves with that truth today. He loves us even yet today. John 1.14, when it says that he is full of unfailing love and faithfulness, it made me think that through Jesus, we understand that God kept his promise. Uh, he kept all of his promises throughout the Old Testament scriptures and through the prophecies that there would be one who was coming. God promised that he was going to save his people. God promised that he would create a kingdom that would never end. He promised that he would raise up a descendant of King David who would deliver his people from evil, who would transform their hearts so that they could love God and love one another even in a world that's filled with darkness and hate. He said, don't worry, he's coming. One day, the mighty one will arrive. God, God became a man. He became a man so that we could become children of God. God became a man, think about it, so we could become children of God. The birth of Jesus, it's miraculous. It's unprecedented. It's unimaginable. It's unequaled that God loved us so much that he sent his son. He wants that relationship with you and with me. People can be so religious. People can do religious things and not have this personal connection, this personal relationship with Jesus. And you've missed the point. It's not about being religious or doing religious things. It's actually all about having a personal relationship with Jesus. It, and, and, and remember, on the, on the flip side, it doesn't matter how much you've messed up because he still loves you. It's his love to give. And you didn't deserve it, and you can't, and you can't get rid of it. It's his love to give, and he's giving it to you today. We are all undeserving. All of us are. There's not one person who deserves this kind of love. But he chooses to give it to us anyway. James Montgomery Boyce, he said this. He said, Jesus endured a human birth so that we could have a spiritual birth. He occupied a stable so that we could occupy a mansion. He had an earthly mother so that we could have a heavenly father. 
He became a subject so that we could be free. He became poor so that we could become rich. He has done it all. All. All of it is because of his love. So I'm guessing that most of you, and I'm going to wrap up here in just one minute, but I'm guessing that most of you have seen that classic Christmas movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, with Jimmy Stewart. It's an old movie many, many uh, done many years ago. But in the movie, uh, Stewart plays this character named George Bailey. And George Bailey ran the Bailey Building and Loan Company, I believe it was called. And he survives the Wall Street crash, Black Tuesday, back in October of 1929. But his uncle misplaces $8,000, and George knows that he's probably going to go to jail. And on this snowy night, in utter desperation, he walks to a bridge, and he thinks about suicide, wishing that he had never been born. And he's saved. George is saved by an angel named Clarence. And he shows George what the world would look like if he had never been born. He discovers, George discovers that his life actually did make a bigger impact on people than he realized. There was many people that were impacted by his life, his family, his friends. In fact, his entire community would have been much worse off if George hadn't existed. George didn't know the impact of his life. But let me remind you all today, when Jesus came to earth, he absolutely knew what the impact of his life was. There was no doubt in his mind what he was coming for and what he intended to do. He knew what his life what his life meant. He knew how many people would, would be changed and transformed because of his life. He knew that his life was the life above every other life in that sense. The Savior, the one, the pinnacle, the, the, the moment that God reveals himself to humanity in the flesh. It was an unbelievable display of love. Jesus knew the difference that his love would make on us. And that's why he gave up the glory of heaven and chose the darkness of our world. He did it because of his unfailing love for you and for me. It's a miraculous story. John chapter 1 verse 14 says that he is full of unfailing love. This is the greatest miracle and the greatest part of the Christmas story. If it wasn't for his love, none of the other things would have happened. The angels wouldn't have appeared in the sky. The magi wouldn't have followed a star from the east. Mary and Joseph wouldn't have, wouldn't have received. The virgin birth wouldn't have happened. None of the story happens except Jesus loves us so much. God loves the world so much that he sent his son. And so today, I just wanted to remind all of us, if you're a believer in Jesus, be encouraged today. He loves you. He is for us, not against us. Christmas is a miraculous story of love. Find comfort in that. Be encouraged in that. 
if you've never really received Jesus, if you've never understood that you could have a personal relationship with him, let me tell you this morning, you can. He is wanting to have that relationship with you. He doesn't want people to be religious or to do religious things. What he wants is for people to have a personal connection to him. He is alive and well. He came to earth, died on a cross to save you, to save me. All he wants is for as many people as possible to believe and to receive his message of love. If you will do that, your life will be changed. If you will honestly, by faith, receive him into your life, there is a joy, there is a hope, there is good news that comes into your life that the world can never give. It only comes through the power of Jesus. Thanks for listening to Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.